0: We're judging the world and saying what sucks. We're reviews versus the world.
1: Okay, <laughs> hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the reviews versus the podcast podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to the rest podcast of the show, podcast. the podcast podcast. Welcome to the reviews versus the world podcast. Um. And I am Aldo, I'm going to be your moderator for this uh, fine afternoon, as uh, me and a couple of other reviewers from Reviews vs. The World are going to sit down, we're going to talk about animation, that is our uh, subject for today, Um, but before we start talking about the wonderful, fantastic world of animation, I'm going to have uh, each of our fine guests and uh, reviewers here. Um, introduce themselves and let us know what they've been up to as far as entertainment goes this month. So, Brady, what have you been up to since our last podcast?
0: All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Brady. Like Aldo just said, he took away my thunder of introducing myself. So thanks. Just stab me in the heart, why don't you? Can we? No. That'd be uncomfortable for everybody involved. I don't know. I feel pretty good about it. So this month I've been able to jump back into some of my absolute favorite things. So Nintendo did something this last month where each week they re- they released digitally a Wii game that for just 10 bucks for that first week, and then after that you can still buy it for $20. Um, and one of the games that they released was the Metroid Prime Trilogy. <sighs> and so I've been revisiting Metroid Prime, and I have to say, I have come to a decision that it is my favorite game of all time. Wow. It is... An absolute masterpiece, and revisiting that just oh, warmed my heart. Strong language, Flanagan. I know. And then, you know, while I was busy visiting things that I love, that are my absolute favorites, I visited, I revisited my absolute favorite TV show and started rewatching Arrested Development. Mm. There's always money in the banana stand. There is. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> Fantastic, John. How about yourself? Let me steal your thunder. And uh, what have you been up to this month? Well, thunder
2: Thief. I got my thunder stolen by Aldo. You can say you could say that I'm a
1: lightning thief?
2: Oh ah.
1: Rick Riordan, I'm just waiting for that paycheck. Hey. Wow. <laughs>
2: so mostly I've been getting ready for my first review, which is Nimona, which is a wonderful webcomic that you'll hear more about later. But also I um, finally got some comic books back from my brother in law. We we pass them back and forth and back and forth. I still have his Batman and Son. Um, on a shelf somewhere, and so it's my turn to, you know, hold on to the collection. We kind of share them back and forth, but I uh, was reading the first trade of uh, Zero Year, which is part of the. Ooh! B- not the. The New 52. Nothing. Yeah, New 52. It's Capullo and, and uh, Snyder, Snyder. Yes. And it's the first part of the. Not the current story, but the one before it. Yes. Um, it's kind of their New 52 version of Batman's Origin. But I would say that it fits in. I think you can read it and uh, year one and they don't, you know, step on each other's toes. I think well, you
1: they work. Well, I don't know if you finished it, but you'll find out that Zero Year is actually referenced as an event that happened in Gotham. No. Not so much the name of the, not yeah. so much the name of the story. So that's yeah, one I of the things I like. So, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're really, like, into the, the lore, quote, unquote, you can, uh, Essentially, put year one before year zero. It's the the sure. titling won't make sense, but the timeline does. No, right? I mean
2: like whatever works for the head cannon, right? You know, yeah, like and it's I I just love it. I think that it's great writing, great art. It really
1: puts it really puts a new spin on the Riddler. I yeah. like it. I like him as a villain in that sense. Anyways, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen, how about yourself? What have you been up to as I steal your lightning slash thunder? So
3: yeah, my uh, two favorite forms of entertainment are cartoons and comic books. Uh, But over the last month, I've been indulging in my third favorite, which is the British crime drama. (laughs) You know, for something completely different. Um, I have been... I see what you did there. Because of British, yeah. Yeah, the most famous British crime drama is Monty Python's Flying Circus.
2: (laughs) No, just the segue was, I was complimenting you... Thanks for so the compliment. Good.
0: Speaking of Segway, did I mention that I watched Arrested Development recently? <laughs> <laughs>
3: so I have binge watched uh, Foil's War, which is fantastic. Um, Luther, which is terrifying. Oh my gosh, it's, it's it's a hard show to watch. I watched the entire season of Broadchurch in three sittings and guessed the Murderer halfway through, but still had a fantastic time. But the one that I have enjoyed the most has been uh, Kenneth Branagh in Wallander who is a Swiss, I think, detective Um, although everybody has posh British accents and they pronounce things with British uh, phraseology which is why it's Wallander and not Valander. (laughs) Oh my gosh, uh, this man, he is the saddest of sacks. Uh, His life is horrible. Every time something good is happening to him, you can bet Things are going to get horrible in just a minute. Someone's going to die, someone's going to get shot at, someone's going to get fired. Like it, It's just heartbreaking to watch. And he's still dedicated to the cause of justice. Um, I've now seen four of, I think there are nine Wallander movies out right now, and I've seen four of them. They're great. I love them.
2: See, are these all on Netflix? Because I think these are ones that, like, Netflix says, you should watch this, John. You like this, John. <laughs> Why don't you watch Luther instead of Futurama? Well, well uh, <laughs> the first things first, Netflix. <laughs> I,
3: uh, I'm a bit of a Mennonite and don't actually have Netflix or the internet or uh-huh. a big TV. Um, so I don't know, but I have the DVDs if you ever want to borrow them. Oh, okay. Anyway, I, I know that a lot of these shows are on Netflix. Um, I know Luther and, I think, Broadchurch is. Luther's so hard to watch, though. Yeah? Oh, it's, it's hard. It's just... Oh, it's so, these people, they're terrible, and they deserve to die. And they do.
1: So So I'm trying to pull up this list of stuff I'm watching, but that's not working. I just, I I, I watch a lot of anime, and I watch the simulcast stuff, so there's a lot of that kind of going on. I'm watching a a show called Assassination School, which is about an alien that blows up the moon, and he tells the government, you have one year to kill me, but let me teach a high school class. So he teaches his high school class, (laughs) out of students, he picks himself, and he's he's training these kids to kill him. Oh my god. Because because if they don't kill him within the year, he's going to blow up the earth instead of the moon.
3: The, the, the standing practice for anime seems to be, let's find the most engaging plot we can and then shoehorn it into a high school setting.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> well, sorry, sorry, let me be clear. It's a junior high school. Oh. oh. Everything's different. So it's completely it's original this time.
0: Completely yeah. original. You thought
2: you'd seen it before, but no, the alien is in a junior high school. So
1: it's, it's fun and the teacher's like this big yellow alien with tentacles and it doesn't go there, I promise. Um... <laughs> Hey. Oh, like, um but he's, he's really fun in that like he he his ch- skin changes color like so when uh, somebody answers something correctly he turns like bright green and he's like yeah a little circle hop, ha- happens on his face when somebody answers a question wrong he gets red and a little X appears on his face and it just does a lot of that stuff he flies at Mach 20 so for lunch he goes to china to get authentic chinese food um so yeah well, I'm glad that it's something we can all relate to Yep, I I know the struggles of being a big yellow alien <laughs> who can fly at the speeds of Mach 20. <laughs> That's a whole it, lot.
0: Isn't this loosely based on a Dickens novel?
1: Oh, clearly, uh, yes. Like, uh, <laughs> little Dorit, I think. <laughs> other, other than that, I've been trying to catch up on uh, Arrow season 3 and Flash season 1. I'm so far behind on those, but Ray Palmer, man. Uh, I need that. I need that to happen. Um, anyways, so we're going to go ahead and uh, delve into our actual discussion topic, which is animation. Um, and so I just want to get everybody's opinions on kind of what they like. And uh, just their thoughts on just the overall subject of animation, you know, traditional and CGI. So Love I mean, it.
3: Next question. <laughs>
2: um, potentially the best and highest art form there is. It has the potential to do anything. I don't know why it's not used more. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, wrote,
2: I wrote a paper on uh, how Ender's Game should have been adapted as a animated series likened to Avatar The Last Airbender. Hmm. No. I, I think probably didn't watch that. that yeah,
1: see? I certainly would have watched that.
2: Well, why not? That way you're not like, well, here are the child actors who aren't all good actors. Hey, I like the work from Hugo. Yeah, and, and, and I will say, you know,
0: I will say that actually I was very impressed with a lot of the child actors that they had in the live-action movie. That's true. But definitely with animation, you can get away with, you know, getting with not exactly having to deal with kids, playing kids. You can have real actors, thespians, you know, doing the roles.
1: Yeah, that's good. Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against the man, but I don't. No, it's just him that a it was, was a,
0: the story.
2: It, the problem was adaptation, I think. Yes, um, but I think that you know you. But they already have a relationship with Marvel Comics I, because they adapted it into like some graphic novels. Yes. And I think that you can tell the full story that way.
1: Uh, see, I'm I'm personally a fan of the 24 episode. Uh, format that's been adopted by anime in Japan, because you can tell a pretty lengthy story in that way. Um, You know, there's also, you know, 12 episodes where you can be like Dragon Ball Z and have 300 episodes. Um, But I am a fan of animated series. Avatar The Last Airbender did such a fantastic job conveying such a beautiful storyline, minus that first season where nothing really happens. Um,
3: (laughs) Hey, if you're on the fence about watching Avatar The Last Airbender, we have a review that you might want to see.
1: Plug. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, the thing that I like the most about animation, and like, I kind of, when I go to entertainment, I like things to be a little heightened. I don't generally care for entertainment that tries to be really close to reality. I don't necessarily like things that are really grounded and gritty. Um, although I have been recently binge-watching a bunch of uh, British murder mysteries, so you know, whatever. Um, but like, animation, one of its strengths is to take things that aren't actually realistic, like characters that don't look real but make them feel human. You've got this sort of elevated, slightly heightened sense of reality because you've got these worlds that are richly detailed in a way that the human eye doesn't generally comprehend when you're just walking down the street. Um, and so this way to stylize reality to make a point, it, it's, it's fantastic. It's something that you can do to some extent with uh, color manipulation and live action. Pushing Daisies is a live action show that does this really well. Um, and you can do it a lot with CG. It's, I mean, you see, like, Avatar, not The Last Airbender, Avatar, the, the blue smurfy, elfy people. Um, <laughs> that's a show where they took animation techniques but tried to apply it in more or less a live action setting. Um, was motion capture, so Yeah, that's kind of where it blurs. The line starts to yeah. get really blurry, but in, in the realm of pure animation, whether it's CG or it's, it's traditional hand-drawn, you've got this uh, ability to take the natural world and just tweak it a little bit, just heighten it a little bit. Um, and I mean, basic tenets of character animation with the squash and the stretch exaggerate uh, a reaction to a stimulus To make the reaction feel more real, even though human bodies don't actually squish and stretch like that, it's pretty fantastic. If you ask me, that's that's one of the principles, you know,
2: exaggeration and anticipation. I like what you said because that's what good animation is: is the illusion of life. This incredible space looks like a monolith. It's it's kind of a funny, you know, shape, but he still moves realistically. You know, the, the. Good characters in, in animated films move realistically, even if they are, you know, fantastic you know, creatures or
1: you know, superhero, whatever the case may be. You know, an old man with a balloon house, whatever. You know. And like, and for like for me, I recently just went back and rewatched the 20th anniversary version of um, Ghost in the Shell, um, which I don't know if any of you guys have have seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Um. So you, sh- you really should. It's a really fantastic I know that's like one of those that's on the
2: list of like. The
1: yeah. anime. I, I feel like a lot of people should watch it just because it, it. Well, it was, you know, people always give the credit of being the inspiration for The Matrix, and once you watch it, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it yeah, it totally, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so if you like The Matrix, I feel like you'll enjoy this one. But one of the things I love about it, just kind of going back and watching it uh-huh. in, you know, kind of its high definition glory, was the fact that um, a lot of the people in there are, are like cyborgs or half human, half people. And the main character, one of the things they do is put a really big focus on her eyes. So anytime you see her eyes, there's just an incredible amount of detail in them. And it kind of just separates the fact that she is a little bit more human um, than you would be led to believe due to her like robotic creation and mannerisms and that type of thing. And it, Because the ghost in the shell um, goes to the idea of like, can machines or can artificial intelligence has a soul, at what point do we stop being a human? and start being a machine, that type of thing. So that's what the ghost is, and that's what they refer to their identity or their information banks as their ghost. Um, so that's, that's one of the things, and her internal struggle is that she doesn't know where she stops being a machine and starts being a human type of thing. It's, and so one of the ways they, you know, push that across is with her eyes, is adding the extra amount of detail, where her eyes just look more realistic than, you know, all the other characters. In and you know
0: what else is great about animation?
1: Anvils on the head. Oh yeah. Yeah, seriously.
0: I mean, if you, if you want to bring things to life, that's how you do it. I mean, nothing is more realistic to me than an anvil falling on someone, then turning into an accordion and walking away. But how much can
2: we learn about like comic timing and you know how to play out a joke and all of that from The Looney Tunes Shorts? You know, I was just oh, sure. trying to but lighten show. the mood, <laughs> here. I mean, no, I'm thinking <laughs> about how
0: great Chuck Jones is right now. I'm sorry, I wanted to. Well, you know, one thing that I will definitely say about animation is, as opposed to live action, you have so much more control. If you want to portray something, you don't have to rely on, well, what can we do with our special effects? What's in the budget? No, you just do it. You tell your animators, this is my vision. I want it to, you know, zoom in up here, and I want them to be flying in a glorious manner with all sorts of colors. And guess what? You don't have to worry about adding in the after effects because you animate it in and you have that control that you lose in live action and that's where I think that a lot of the draw for me in animation is because you realize that it is really the vision of what the director wanted to present you with. Better hope you have a good director. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because you have to remember, oh, if this person is going to be passing, you know, down a hallway and going through different kinds of light and dark and put on all the shadows just right, or remember, you know, do this, whereas, you know, you like the set, right, you turn on the camera, the actor walks across the stage, everything takes care of itself. That's one of the advantages, I think, of CG animation, is you can set it up so that, you know, you're having your characters move through these environments, and you don't have, like, some of those things can be, you know, programmed in, you know. I think that, I, I wish we had more 2D animation still because we see less of that now. But oh, it's think, still out there, though. Yeah, it's still out there. You just have to hunt for it more than, than you used to. But, although, what were some other points you wanted to cover?
1: Oh, that was just kind of that <laughs> general discussion <laughs> <laughs> <All laughs> <the building, trying laughs> topic. I just, like,
2: shotgun a lot of stuff about animation all once. No, that's.
3: Let's a force a segue. Force a, a segue. Changing topics now. <laughs> we
1: should keep
0: that. Um. Anyways, can we? We oh, will. We shall.
1: Anyways, um. So coming to, over to the next uh kind of subject or point of interest or whatever, um. I want everybody around the table. So I sent out a list before the podcast. Um. As you all know, asking. Uh, giving four categories um, as far as an animation goes. And those categories were cartoons, anime, film, and uh, short film, presentation, and music video. And I asked you guys, if you if you could, uh, to give us one example in each of these as to what you think is the best example of, uh, of one of these. Or your favorites, you know, whatever. I, I have, you know, um, I went ahead and did the extra mile and went ahead and put... A couple for every single one of these, um, just in case. But, um, Brady, if you would, you want to go ahead and give us an example, and just kind of tell us why you think that is the your favorite example of one of these categories.
0: All right. Um. Well, I'm going to I'm going to start off with the category and of cartoons, and um, I'm assuming that you're meaning like a TV series, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, one wh- one thing that really stands out to me is one of my absolute favorite shows of all time, The Simpsons. Hmm.
3: And... Uh, I think that's the second consecutive podcast where Brady has said The Simpsons is one of his favorite shows. I
2: don't think that that's going to go away. Either. Yeah, I, <laughs>
0: The Simpsons is timeless. Of course I am talking about seasons 3 through 10. <laughs> Do not ask me about 11 through 76. It's 11 through 12. 12 has the Hunger Strike episode.
1: Oh, and that, that's definitely a good one. Oh my gosh. Well, that's what we call exceptions. Dancing away my <laughs> hunger pains. What was the... What? with so my body won't
2: hurt. I'm kind of like Jesus, but not in a sacrilegious way.
1: <laughs> what was the episode... Tough with man is
2: thrusting <laughs> in the direction of the problem. Oh, my oh God. yeah. <laughs> what was the... Uh, right off the rails,
1: Aldo. Right so off the rails. What, anyway. What was the episode with the monorail? Or what season was, was that called, in? Uh, that's five or six. Four? Five? Monorail. Yeah, Monorail. But, you know, that... <laughs> you
0: know, going through that Monorail episode, then that's an episode that was directed by Conan O'Brien. Well, it was written by him. Or I written, know. at least, yeah. by him. You can actually see with a lot of the visual styles that they do, because they they go for a lot of, a, a lot of imagery from live-action shows, you know, specifically Music Man. Um, that's a big theme with that particular episode. Oh, yeah. And they just absolutely nail it, and that's why I think I love The Simpsons so much, is they do parodies so well, and they do it in a way that you could not really achieve with live action. The only live action that I can say that I have watched, and I feel like the parody isn't forced, is Community, which is another yeah, one of my Community. favorite shows. Community is basically a cartoon anyway.
3: Yeah. It, 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 I don't believe that Jeff is a real person. <laughs> His name is
2: Joel. Maybe that's part of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I've seen it like twice, guys. Shut up. <laughs> Repent and see more. Here's the thing, though. Yes, they're able to do more with animation, but I don't think that it's... It's it's weird, because when you think of like great examples of animation, you don't really think of The Simpsons, because it's just kind of... Well, we're, we're this is to get the job done. It's not like, like Studio Ghibli. It's not like, ooh, this is spirited away, this is gorgeous, and this is... You know, expanding the, the medium, it's yeah. Homer w- would have died how many times by now? But it's a cartoon, so yeah, it's okay that you know he gets hit in the crotch by a bunch of moguls when they go skiing all together. <laughs> um,
0: it, it's okay that he falls down Springfield Gorge how many times? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh. The uh,
2: the ambulance is still there in the Simpsons movie.
0: But see, and, and you know, that, that that's one thing that I do want to bring up about animation in general is, with animation, you don't need to necessarily have the most beautiful animation out there. There's things that have ugly animation. Our last podcast, one of my favorite shows that I brought up was Bob's Burgers, mm-hmm. and the thing, the thing with animation is it has to fit what's happening. And I think that Simpsons is a great example of that. And it's and it's not just you know making sure that it. It works in general. It's no, this is the Simpsons. If you added any other animation style to it, it wouldn't feel right.
2: Like the Halloween episode when Homer is um,
1: CG animated, it's just a little bit off. It's but well, that's kind of the point, though. Yeah, like, exactly. It's to make you feel. Like, feel anyone see Tron?
2: No, 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 no. Yes, I mean no. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's exactly, exactly the point for the joke. So it works for the joke. But yeah, if it was all like that, it'd be a little.
1: Yeah. A- and hence and then when hence it's 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 the SpongeBob movie that's coming out, where it's all go. CGI animation <laughs> you know, stop, stop motion and. I don't I, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> get uh, it off! <laughs> get it off my skin! <laughs> anyways, uh, John, how, how about you? What's one of your examples of uh, your favorite? Can I start with film? Sure, you can do whatever you uh, want. Ratatouille is
2: the best animated film of all time, and I will punch anyone who says otherwise. Oh. I wouldn't say it's the best, but dang, do I love it! Okay, okay I, I do right. love it. You could argue other ones are better, and maybe like more historic, whatever. Fine, I will take back my punch. And I will say that it is my favorite and belongs in the top uh, five, if not three. I just love it so much. Everything about it, just the design of it, the story is great. Uh, I love the music, how well it's tied together. They, they have this song that you know repeats throughout the whole thing.
1: Yes. Um, I believe that's called a motif. <laughs> yes it is And you are here to the, the music man, I can confirm this
2: Yes, thank
3: you <sighs> Anyway You know, what's funny though, I'm, I'm tangenting real fast no, no. Uh, But Ratatouille is actually One of the least favorite films of a lot of critics Because critics feel like that movie Attacks them well, they're wrong.
2: <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of attacks them a little bit, but maybe that should show me better. a better scene than when that like a better moment in film and all of film, not just not just animated film or you know I'm talking about like live action short blah, whatever. Um, Anton Ego eats the Ratatouille. Like the build up to that moment in the whole film, and like the message of the film is great. And just that the payoff of that moment is just so good. I, I
1: kind of just want to argue that the greatest moment in film in general is probably the Simba when he's tugging his dad's ear and he won't wake up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to have to argue with that and say that the greatest moment in the
0: film is the gasoline fire from Zoolander. Oh, my gosh. And I think it's the time when Chris Hemsworth takes his shirt off.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> side note, we did a Marvel movie marathon before The Avengers came out and there's a moment when Natalie Portman kisses Chris Hemsworth and Thor, and she shouts across the room, I don't know who I'm more jealous of! <laughs> Fair point, of So, Ratatouille. Ratatouille is wonderful, I love everything about it. Brad Bird is a genius. I can't wait to see Tomorrowland. I uh, yes. just... just I don't know what else you can say about Ratatouille. Go watch it. Uh, any time not spent watching Ratatouille
3: is time wasted.
1: All right. And that note, Stephen, what have you wasted your time not watching Ratatouille? Oh, my gosh. Okay.
3: So I'm going to focus on the short first, since okay. we all seem to be hopping from topic to topic. Do it. Um, and uh, I'm, This isn't the one that I've come prepared to talk about, but for some reason... Oh, here it is. Okay, I just found it. 1940s Superman cartoon. Oh. Max, Max Fleischer, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, these are famous, mm-hmm. um, oh, actually they're called the Fleischer and famous Superman cartoons, <laughs> that was not planned. But um, it's it's Superman stories done in the style of like Merry Melodies, not with all the slapstick, not with all the acne products, but it, the action is punctuated by the orchestral score really tightly, there's very little dialogue, it's a lot of just physical action and uh, Orchestra and the the one in particular that everyone should watch and these are like they're really cheap to find with DVD I'm pretty sure they're on YouTube as well. Oh, well
1: I think you can find these by going to like uh, like Dollar Tree and you can find a little paper packaging and they're like 20 amazing Superman shorts Yeah, and you're like okay. Yeah. The yeah. thing is they're legitimately good. Watch mm-hmm.
3: The Mechanical Monsters. It is one of the best Superman stories in general that I've ever seen. You've got a Lois Lane who is Uh, feisty. She's in over her head, but she's nobody's victim. She's, like, running into danger to get the story to save lives, to out the bad guys. Um, And then you've got a Superman, you know, that ducks into the phone booth and flies around. I mean, this is these are fantastic. And it's, it's this sort of, like, writ large superhero operatic action punctuated by this fantastic orchestral score. Superman just like runs in, punches the robots and the robots like they're jerking up and they're moving with like this sort of like uh, xylophone music. It, it, it's really kind of fantastic stuff. These little sorts of short adventure stories punctuated by music. Music and animation go together so well. We could talk forever probably about the score in our favorite cartoons. Um, that also, could be a, solid,
1: uh, is a genius. Yes.
3: Yes. Oh my gosh. And so yeah, these, these Superman shorts, are they're fantastic. And you can see like there's, there's this stylized look to Superman. It's very much a product of its time. But there's also an idealism behind it that endures to this day. It, it, it's all in this character design. Um, you've got a Lois Lane who looks very feisty. You've got the scientist who looks uh, really like angry. I don't remember if he's like a scientist or like he's motivated by revenge or something. it has been a while since I've seen it. Um, I think that it's important to how much they inspired later works,
2: like mm-hmm. Batman the series.
1: Oh, the, um, the Bruce Timm design stuff? Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, I don't know, much. How, I don't
2: understand the design, but kind of the feel they were going yes. for in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And how, I mean it was serious. It wasn't like a cartoon. It was a serious, it, It's a Superman. He's fighting evil. Yeah. It was, uh, the technique is rotoscoping what They do where they're tracing live action. For and it
3: doesn't there. look terrible. I've seen rotoscoping in other, in other
2: where works it's where it's like awful. Yeah. Oh,
1: what was that? Cal- the, Lord the, Lord the, the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. Wait, was it also in the. uh that Cal- Yes. That one that looks, It's something like that. And yeah. that's like a modern example yeah, exactly. where it's Where they really sell just, shade on top yeah, of it. Yeah, it's, it's weird. weird. It's cellscaping. I just. Yeah,
3: it bothers me. So, yeah, just the rotoscoping itself is not a technique of evil, it has its uses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the the Fleischer Superman cartoons. They're so good, you guys. They're so good.
1: (laughs) Aldo? All right, cool. Um, Yeah, so. I guess since we've done a cartoon, a film, and a short, what anime? I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna. I'm I gonna almost de- did
3: anime, but, but I figured <laughs> out all the hope in the gate I'm, of the anime. I'm gonna
1: be the guy that does the anime every single episode. Um, <laughs> no, so my pick for you know the best example of anime, and it's probably one of the worst ones for people to watch, but I still think it's one of the best. <laughs> it's uh it's the series called Evangelion or Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh my gosh. And it is it is a hard thing to watch, but because it's it's one of my personal favorites, I always go back to it every. Once every two or three years, I will sit down and watch the entire series from beginning to end and cry, cry in cold showers for a week after that. I watched um, one <laughs> episode and I'm just yelling at the screen, Shinji, get
3: off your bed and kick some butt! But he
1: doesn't do it. Shinji, can you be the robot? Um, so so the premise for Evangelion is that uh, it is a post-apocalyptic future. There was uh, something that happened that was called the first impact, which is uh, implied to be like the second coming of Jesus in that the mass, the mass majority of humans have been destroyed and killed and the oceans are red with the blood of people. Um and so we meet Shinji, who's the son of a director of an organization called Nerve, and Nerve's point is to prevent a second impact in which these giant alien monsters have been coming out are kind of kaiju uh type monsters, um and they're called angels. So Nerve is trying Need to... You kids. <laughs> it's there's, all in there. There's robots. A... <laughs> <laughs> it's all in
0: there. And, ro- and rock monsters. I mean, I saw no one.
1: Kaiju aliens. Kaiju aliens. So, so. Ner- so Nerve is trying to stop and destroy these monsters uh, before like, their last one arrives and it creates this chain of uh, reactions and it creates the second impact in which the last surviving humans are supposed to be wiped out. Um, and as the story goes on, you find out that, you know nerve has its own. It's playing its own hand in this giant thing that's going on and the director is actually trying to create second impact but to control it. But, so your protagonists are like in a typical anime are high school students. You have Shinji who's spineless and semi-worthless for the entirety of the series. Um, you have Asuka who's a German-Japanese pilot um, and you have Rei who is a clone and essentially a doll and has become the standard for many, many anime uh, tropes that have happened. When did guess. this come out?
3: 1990. Okay, Yeah, this is old. And when Aldo says that Ray's a doll, he doesn't mean like she's gorgeous or she's cute, but that she's like lifeless and <laughs> emotionless. Yes.
1: Um, and so so it is It is one of those animes that if you watch it, and if it's your first anime, it'll turn you off. Because it, it flip-flops and it's really emotional. The whole point of the series is that every single one of these characters has some sort of deep psychological and emotional problems. Shinji has abandonment issues where he doesn't know what to do if he's not taking orders or making somebody happy. Asuka has has to have people's, um, not approval her, their, like, appreciation. Like, she has to be the best. and like people, no one ever was. <laughs> and people have to acknowledge that she's the best at everything that she does. Um, Rei is just a clone. <laughs> Who has no personality whatsoever? I
3: think it's important to note when you're talking about Evangelion and when you say that it's yes. not, it shouldn't be your first anime, um, it's because Evangelion is a deconstruction of the giant robot fighting monster uh, genre. Yeah, it's a genre, the giant robot fighting monster genre of. of
1: Kaiju Mecca, should, yeah, Kaiju
3: Mecca, which is you know Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim should be your first anime. <laughs> Check.
1: <laughs> Pacific Rim. Should, I liked it. Pacific <laughs> Rim is your introduction into into Evangelion. Okay. Kali. See, I didn't
2: realize that. Well, I mean, I realized the connection, but I mean, since it's live action, I didn't yes. think of it that way. Except for
1: hey, this is what those cartoons do. It's <laughs> <laughs> a so like
2: it delivered.
1: So one of, one of the great things about it is uh, if you read a lot of interviews from Adult World, when he was making um, this Rim was he he was saying that all the time was like no this Evangelion was his inspiration for this. In fact, he tried to get the rights to do a live-action Evangelion Oh, Evangelion. I would never watch that. It would destroy me. I would watch it if it was Del Toro. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Well, and, and so that's <clears throat> one of the things. That, so it is just kind of this giant mess of people, and the director has gone and said, I don't understand why people like this series. Everybody, been, everybody, everybody is a horrible character. That's what he said. It is in his own words. Quit watching my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I pretty get the much. impression
3: that Hideaki Anno is just a giant troll. He's I, just he's just baiting everyone. I think he's just says yeah. crap to get him angry. So now.
1: and so like part of part of the thing that makes Evangelion kind of so interesting is if you allow yourself to get into the lore of its production, not necessarily the show, it it really kind of um, you kind of start blurring the line of like how much is it a product and how much is it a piece of art from the from the director, because he pitched it to to the Japanese companies as a set of movies, like I think he said two movies was, was the total, and they told him they'd like it, but they want him to make it into a TV show. So he went ahead and um, stretched it out to a 26-episode series. And the odd thing is, about the first half of the series, it's very much a children's show. Um, well... <laughs> oh, those poor children. <laughs> exactly. So the first half of it, it has, you know, kind of light tones. It is very much, you know, like a teen show for, for kids and giant robots. But about halfway through the production, um, the director had just a severe case of depression. So the series takes a very dark turn and everybody's problems become amplified and the violence kind of goes up and the, just the, the severity of the whole thing goes up to the point where the where the broadcasting studios were like, we're going to put this on the late night blocks now. Let, let, let me <laughs> guess, he,
0: he broke up with a giant alien monster.
1: Probably. Evangelion uh, yeah. is
3: the into the woods of anime. Yes. The first half of it is just charming and delightful and then the second half of it is dark and soul-shattering.
1: Well,
2: that happens with other productions. You know, like yeah. Muppet Babies started off cutesy and then Beaker stabs uh, Fozzie and then they got moved to a later time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this morning, you guys are very
3: special Muppet Babies. Muppet
0: oh, Babies! Oh after gosh. dark. Ah!
3: Ah! Ah!
1: <laughs> Oh, that's gonna do, hurt some ears.
2: <laughs> ah! Anyway, yeah, so so, so tell me, okay, Evangelion, why is it a good example of... Like, you've talked a little bit about that, but like, what are some of the principles that make it an so, example of, for the whole so uh, medium?
1: So, one of the things that's, um, that I love about it is that it has a very Japanese style of film, where if you watch a lot of films, they focus on slice of life, they focus on the, the minutiae of everyday life type thing. And Evangelion does a lot of that. Um, you'll have a character standing at a you know, at a bus station here, you know, the cicada's chirping, you'll hear the tolling of the bells, and you'll just kind of get this sense of just MS. And it's conveyed through that and it, you know, sometimes it's conveyed for too long where you're just sitting there for <laughs> the and you're just that like, helps
2: that helps explain spirit, the parts of spirit in a way too, Yeah. A if
1: people. you watch my neighbor Totoro, it has a lot yeah. of that. I love I my I still ne- need to watch that. I love the <laughs> designs. I just want to buy a Totoro and just so my, my, my yeah, problem with Totoro is I love the movie, uh-huh. but I hate the first half hour because the first half hour is just slice of life.
3: But that's my favorite part. You got the kids and
1: they're like, "Come out, come out, wherever you are." It's hilarious. Anyway, yeah, and so that's so it does a lot of that and it does a lot of action. Um, and so you can tell that. It might have been a story, a, story t- stelling, a storytelling aspect of it, or it might have been just p- saving money on production. So you have those those you know long spaces where like nothing happens. There's minimal action going on. There's people are talking, and you know you have very specific uh, camera angles where you, foc- where you focus in on the person listening rather than the person talking, so that they don't have to animate the mouth. Um, and then the action sequences are just grandiose and they're just big. There's a part where. They have to there's a, there's an angel that's falling from the sky and they have to they don't know where it's gonna land so they have three of these robots set up through the city and they launch them onto different uh, different directions um, to see which one can get closest to it the fastest and the entire city starts transforming so this the the, this, the buildings start kind of tipping to the side and they start molding into kind of like a racetrack so that the, the the robot when he has to make a turn instead of stopping and you know making the turn he just uses the buildings he runs on them um, wait
0: wait wait. The city is the
1: transformer. Dun dun dun. Plot twist: it all takes place on Unicron. <laughs> <laughs> so it has a lot of that, and it does have a lot of, um, you know, kind of symbolism. There are oh, there's a lot of
3: symbolism. There's
1: a lot of symbolism. It, it's kind of funny, yeah. actually, to watch uh,
3: to watch Evangelion as an example of because you know Western audiences sometimes we look at like Eastern philosophy and eastern religion and we don't quite understand it but we're fascinated by it so we appropriate some of these symbols to use in a completely inappropriate context because we don't understand the religion. It is kind of funny because Evangelion does the same thing with Christianity. They don't quite understand Christianity I don't think but they use the symbols in a way that we never would but it's kind of it's just a different perspective on things that we kind of take for granted.
0: The cross is fighting a
1: kaiju. No, the cross comes out of the kaiju. <laughs> when, they, when they kill the kaijus, they explode, and there's a giant beam of light that turns into a cross. And it has absolutely... This is the thing that happens. Wow, and, and happens.
0: here I was trying to make a sacrilegious joke.
1: Nope, that's Evangelion. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> the whole series is a sacrilegious joke. Um, but but it does have other symbolism. Kind of, um, there's very specific things like you know the way the way a character will introduce themselves to another person, and then at the end of the series when something happens, when somebody leaves or somebody dies, the way they depart um, mirrors that sort of thing. So it's one of those. It's one of those series where I suggest that you do watch it watch it in as little bit of time possible so that... It's a binge. It's a binge, yeah, binge show. It. it's okay. a binge show. Um, But the binge last... Binge and cry, it sounds like. <laughs> Binge and cry and just... Binge cool and cry and the skin and, and try to get the bugs out.
0: I'd like to point out that the word binge <laughs> sounds a little bit different, so when you say binge and cry, it does not sound like you're saying binge <laughs> and <laughs> cry. <fine>. Binge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> binge. Um and so, for me, just it kind of in how it incorporates at least, you know, kind of that decision to, okay, what do we do to save money on the action? How do we convey all these images and that type, type of thing? It is very meticulously uh, made and designed. This is one of the things that I love about it. Neato. Okay. Yeah. No? Sorry. And anyways, um, so that's it for our first half of the podcast. So, we're going to take a quick break. We are going to come back and we're going to discuss our second choices for all of these um, categories. And we'll be talking a little bit more about the future of animation when we come back. Woo!
2: Woohoo! Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Although
3: that tap dance was incredible.
1: You're very welcome, Steven. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we are back for our second half of the uh, reviews versus the. World podcast. It's, Woo, go team! Which, assuming you didn't pause this and wait like a week to listen to it, uh, you should know that we're talking about animation, and we've already gone through uh, kind of one of our our first of uh, two choices of what we think is the best example of certain categories of an of uh, animation. Uh, to just kind of just remind you, people, our four categories are cartoons, uh, children's, adults, kind of you know that standard TV format. Um, anime, and it doesn't have to be Japanese because there is non-Japanese anime out there, films, and uh, short films, presentations, or music videos. Um, so we're going to go ahead uh, around the table in the opposite direction this time around. Gonna start, what? We're going to start with Steven I can't
0: do counterclockwise.
1: I'm not affected at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Stephen, why don't you go ahead and uh, indulge us with your second choice of the best example of animation. So... In a world where CG
3: seems to be the norm for animation,
1: one man will save the all. One <laughs> way. One desire.
3: <laughs> There's this fantastic little cartoon animated film called The Secret of Kells. Um, traditional sort of 2D style animated film. It takes place in Ireland. I actually believe that the production company is Irish. Um, and I'm pulling it up on Wikipedia as we speak to make sure that I am not being wrong on the internet, because as we know, there is no worse crime. Um, anyway, Secret of Kells is about the creation of an illuminated manuscript, uh, which is, you know, kind of like the old style biblical writing where they had all these very intricate designs in the, in the sides of the page. And so it's all about the creation of one of these texts. Uh, and so as a result, the primary animation style mirrors the look of an illuminated manuscript. So it's all 2D, there's very little perspective, so people that are closer to the bottom of the screen are closer to you but they don't get larger. Um, But it's stylized, it's not unsophisticated at all, in fact it's one of the most gorgeous films I have ever seen. Um, It's, uh, here we got it up, it is a uh, belgian and french and irish collaboration
1: so, uh, so you were one-third right yes
3: 33 <laughs> uh, percent. i have failed my class in secret of kells the uh it, it's gorgeous looking just absolutely beautiful the accents are adorable there is a cute little fairy sort of creature her name is ashlyn i think is how it's pronounced, but it's spelled A-I-S-L-I-N-G, so I probably got it wrong, and I offend all of my Gaelic-speaking listeners out there, of which there might just be my sister-in-law, assuming that she's listening to this. (laughs) Anyway, Secret of Kells shows how you can take something that is animated and talk about a particular subject, and then have the animation style mirror the subject. So, you're talking about illuminated manuscripts, you have it look like an illuminated manuscript and that sort of pairing of the style to the subject is remarkable. It's not something that you see as often in other, heck, you don't actually see it a whole lot in animation itself, but it just highlights one potential of the medium. And it is a fantastic, fantastic film. I first saw it on Netflix, so I'm pretty sure that it is, um, you know, really easily accessible. And it bothers me to no end that it was nominated for an Academy Award in 2010 and I think it lost to Up. And I'm the only person in the world who hates Up. You hate them. I hate Up. You hate feelings? Oh. I hate Up. You do you not have a soul? I have a soul, wait, and then we, it washed Up, and wait, then it died. Wait,
1: wait, so let me ask you this. Uh, do, you, do you hate the entirety of Up, or do you hate everything after the first 15 minutes? Everything after the
3: first 15 minutes. Okay, I, I okay, can't even, well, you know. I'm, I'm not the devil. We're <laughs> 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 <really>
1: close there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, um, what about you? What is your second example for... Well,
2: well, while we were hearing about Secret of Kells, I actually looked up the trailer, and it looks gorgeous, so (sighs) seconded there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Nice. I am looking forward to this next week, seeing all of the short film Oscars that have been animated. (gasps) Um, It's playing. (sighs) If it's playing in Salt Lake City, it is playing wherever you are. (sighs) Um, There's a theater that's showing all of them. Uh, The Bigger Picture, The Dam Keeper, Me and My Molten. A Single Life, and what I'm talking about right now, Feast.
1: Why? Ooh. Because I
2: loved it, and I haven't seen the other ones but, yet. Let's say
1: that they're all good. But really, you shouldn't feed your dog that way. Please don't.
2: Feast was adorable, though. Because no, you should You should take care of your dogs and feed them good dog food. But <laughs> as far as a wonderful um, cartoon a wonderful short film,
3: it was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful.
2: <laughs> I, I,
1: You know, I never would have thought of uh, using food as a storytelling mechanism, and that's exactly what I did. And, and it's, so all, it's all
2: on the dog. And it you is. see the relationship and this guy's life through what the dog is eating. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts off, and the dog is having dog food, then catches some table scraps. And then the moment I really love is when the dog just marches in front of the TV, in front of the coffee table, sits down, gets ready, he knows that when the team scores a touchdown, all the food's going to fly, yes. and it's just the music hits a nice m- uh, moment there, a nice little crescendo, and he just like has a whole mouthful of like, you know, cheesy poofs, or whatever they
1: are, yes. but, <laughs> and then
2: he doesn't really like the fancy food that the new girl brings in, he's kind of, and, you know, against it.
1: I love the, the little, was it the little sprig of, um, Yeah, there's a little whatever. bit
2: of parsley on there, yes. you know, he, he doesn't, doesn't want the fancy stuff, he wants, you know, melty cheese on pizza. But there, there are a lot of things that... Uh, it's that nice blend of 3D and 2D, so you're getting the, kind of the best of both worlds there. I like that it's, you know, a different perspective. Um, it's gorgeous. It's funny. It um, has a really great moment. Maybe it's a bit anthropomorphized a bit too much, but when the dog decides he's going to go after the girl, yes. he knows that he wants his master, his owner, to be happy, so he takes off through the street some great like shots there where he's uh, going all around and some food lands right next to him and he has to pull himself away <laughs> you know it's it's uh, it's just the emotion reads on his face so well when he's just like oh I want that so bad but no no focus got to go got to go so he gets the couple back together and then once they have a toddler he gets to have his with all of the crack <laughs> coming off coming <laughs> of the high chair, so that's that's what I really liked, and I I look forward to seeing all of the other short films because Feast it was before uh, Big Hero Six, and so that's going to be the one that everyone has oh, yes. seen. But I think that it's important to you know see the other films that have been nominated and, and uh, you know expand beyond you know the normal stuff that you see.
3: You know, I catch the live-action Academy-nominated shorts every year. Yep. they're fantastic. They're actually, in some cases, better than the feature-length films. So shorts are great.
2: You can do you can do things in a short. I think that you can't in you know, a film, or let you you will try to do, but it's it's an
0: interesting medium.
1: Right, and Brady, what about uh, what about your example? What is your second example for what is the best of animation?
0: Well, my second example is actually very close to Don's because it happens to be the same studio, <laughs> and it happens to have won an Academy Award two years ago, <laughs> and that is Paperman. Yeah, uh, Paper Man's I love
1: Paper Man.
0: which which aired alongside, um, I, I think it was it Wreck It was Ralph. It? Was it? Oh, it was Wreck It Ralph. It was yeah. Wreck It Ralph. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah,
2: yeah. Was no, I'm mixing up
0: uh, the, uh, the umbrella. Sorry,
2: that was a, that was a different movie. Yeah. Okay. Paperman. Woo. Paperman.
0: <laughs> so the, the great thing about Paperman is just the style of animation is absolutely outstanding. Um, like Feast, it actually combines hand-drawn animation as well as three D CG animation in just a seamless way that is absolutely beautiful. And like Feast, it's also A love story with an interesting twist because in in paper man what brings them together are these paper airplanes Um, and, and it's actually really and the paper itself is what really stands out to me about this short because it's beautifully animated you would not think that pieces of paper blowing through the wind could take your breath away but honestly they do and just the black and white style
1: of it, just, ugh. Oh. And I did love the fact that like, all the red was accentuated. Yeah, and that was yes, really That is yes. really nice. Was like
2: monochromatic, shorts. except for yeah. her lips and yeah. the, lips, the lip print. The lips. Yeah. It was very nice.
0: And so, you know, it, it goes right along with the era of great Pixar shorts, where you have these movies that are, you know, three minutes long and might just be as good as the amazing movie that follows it. And mm-hmm. well, look, it, cause it, it just warmed my heart it, when it hits, I watched it it. it. it hits an
2: emotional <laughs> note so well. And it's, you know, how many how many minutes long? It's less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. No,
1: like, probably like five. Yeah. At the most. Yeah, it's good to see Disney
2: doing these shorts too because Pixar's been, you know, had a habit of that. That's what they started. The,
1: the thing that I, that I enjoy about it is, uh, and kind of going back to what Steven said the first time of the podcast, these kind of go back to the merry melodies. Kind of uh, that, the, they used to be done all the time. These are just short, you know, stories, short little things, and they're, they work so well with the music. The music is composed mm-hmm. just for that, and it just works out together. Somehow. All
0: music, no dialogue, all awesome. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. and let's kill the werebird, kill the werebert, and oh.
2: more emotional. You know. well, I cried during. What's Opera Dog? <laughs> <laughs> when, when Bugs died... It's so really emotional!
3: Tear! <laughs> Wait, I think he actually does die in that. Yeah, what do you expect from Opera? A happy ending? There you go. Yeah, he did die. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no,
2: He does wink at the end. Spoiler well, alert. He can't be bugs, you know. Spoiler good. alert for a 50-year-old cartoon. <laughs> Shame on you if you haven't seen What's
1: Opera duck
3: <laughs> Or Wagner in general. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, so, okay, so Paperman. Um, so I'm gonna be the odd man out who does not do, like, a short film, and I'm gonna go for the best, best example of film, it's actually not even on my list, I just kind of remembered it right now, but, um, Akira, another anime. Another an anime. Another anime, but there's Surprising a Surprising
3: from Aldo that she's an anime. Uh, all the options. I anime. had, like, three anime on my list, but we're only doing <laughs> two things.
1: So. Yeah. Um, so, so part of the reason why I love Akira, it's not, it's not per se, like, the greatest story ever told, and this is, there's, and... Depending entirely on the animation, because it's entirely 100% hand-drawn. There's no CGI, there's no special effects, nothing computer-related. It's 100% hand-drawn, hand-painted, and it is it is beautiful to look at, minus the giant human glob monster at the end. Um, Not but designed to be beautiful. Right. Um, but it, it was, I believe it was like a late 80s uh, anime movie, it takes place in a, in a kind of like a cyberpunk uh, future Tokyo type thing. It takes place after 2020, um, and they predicted the Olympics correctly. They did, <laughs> they did predict that the Olympics, went, the 2020 Olympics, were going to take place in Japan. Cool. Maybe that's why the 2020
3: Olympics are in Japan.
1: Like, well, is, right? look,
3: it was in Akira.
1: Now yeah, we, yeah, we have to do it. We have to do it. It'd be cool. Um, but it is, it is, it is fantastic because it is, like I said, it is kind of that cyber, that cyberpunk um, setting. So a lot of the technology in there has really complicated gears mechanism that you you see you see them moving and working together. Um, one of the big focuses on Akira is actually this red, this bright orange motorcycle that one of the characters uses. And anytime there's motorcycle sequences, you see the lights as they leave a trail. And this is all, you know, hand. Tron. Hand <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so it's Funny because they
2: got with Garrett Hedlund, who the actor who was in Tron Legacy, they wanted him to be in the live action because they're like, you experience with light trails. That's, that's literally you know. all I know about Akira the is there's a motorcycle yeah. and it's anime.
1: Yeah, and so that's pretty, just watch it. There's a, there's a guy who's dedicated his entire life, well, almost his entire life, um, to collecting all of the art from Akira. Because when the studio um, was going through some hard times, they pretty much just took all the... the as they were selling stuff out of the studio, they were using the animation cells as, you know, padding and wrapping paper from oh, the packages. No. Yes, yeah, so this guy has essentially gone out of his way to try and collect every single, like, art cell possible that's still, um, you know, salvageable, even the ones that aren't. And so you see some of the stuff that he that he has in, in, in his presentations. He shows you where they're used in the scene, and there's this amazing backdrop of Neo Tokyo. As you see all the all the lights, you see the entire city, and it kind of looks like a floating castle in the sky almost. And he shows you where it is in the scene, and it's used... You see maybe, like, two inches of it in the back as it's covered by buildings, and you see it move. Um, wow. And so just the amazing amount of detail that's put into this animation is, is just... It's just amazing, and that, like I said, that, that motorcycle, now because there's this whole chasing with they they're fighting uh, like clown like a clown gang, and they as using, you do, as you do. I mean, Batman Beyond got that right. Good enough <laughs> <laughs> Batman. so they're fighting with lead pipes. So there's a point where like they're dragging the lead pipe to be intimidating, and all the sparks come out as it hits the the ground. And I just, I always just have to remind myself, like that's hand drawn. Somebody literally went through and be like, I'm gonna draw sparks today for yeah, that's, four that's hours. That's <laughs> an Effects, uh, effects <laughs>
2: animators. They're like, well, you're gonna do smoke. Now you're gonna do fire. Now you're gonna do drops of rain. And now you're gonna do yeah. And, and
1: and you can watch the, you can watch the whole thing and and just think that half of it is just computer animated or just kind of using that. But no, a lot of it is a hundred percent of it is just hand drawn and so. That's my example for the best animation. Well, it seems like it's
2: kind of the go-to, that and Ghost in the Shell is like the go-to example of anime and like classics and you have to see this and that
0: kind of thing. I
1: would also throw paprika in there as well. a
2: little
0: pretty
3: much anything by
1: Satoshi Kong.
0: Yeah, I I throw paprika in lots of things, you know. I was making this lovely lobster (laughs) whisk the other day.
1: (laughs) Also, if you just want to cry and feel your soul die from inside you, watch Grave of the Fireflies. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, uh. if you just want to know what heartbreak feels like so, I don't know what heartbreak is said no one ever <laughs> <laughs> anyways so that's everybody's examples of what we think is uh, the best example of animation um, so what I want to move on to now we've talked about the past we've talked about what we currently think is the best I want to know where, where do we see uh, animation going in the future what do we want to see from animation do we want it to be taken more serious so what type of subjects do we want to see um, you know, what type of stuff? So I mean, whoever wants to go ahead and lead off the conversation... I think everything, because I think that... <laughs>
2: <laughs> because I, I think that it hasn't really explored its full potential. Um, it's seen as a, as a children's medium. It's seen as something that, oh, we can use it to tell fairy tales. Um, which it does really well. You look at Tangled, and that was specifically, you know, they, they really were going for, let's let's have the good things about 2D, and let's have the things that we can do with the computer animated parts and try to bring them together. And that, I think they achieved it. I think it's great. Love Tangle.
1: One of the things I love about Tangle, even though it's animation, I feel like a lot of people, when they do 3D animation, especially, you know, 10 years ago, they are really encumbered by... Treating it as real objects in the real world, mm-hmm. and Tangled just said, "No, we're gonna do what we need with the hair when it Again, needs to be done." It's it's
2: could anyone have that hair? No, no one's gonna have fifty feet of hair, but it moves like it would if there were. 50
1: and, feet and there's of hair. and there's parts of it where you know she's you see like this giant trail of yeah. hair, and then in another scene she's using it to swing, so it, it kind of changes length, or at least it what we see of it changes depending yeah. on the scene, which is something that a lot of three D kind of tends to avoid doing that, but the TV animation goes straight for that.
2: I think that that lets you do more. Yes. You know, and, and the whole point of it is just I, I think that there's a lot that you can do with animation and I think the mistake is to try to go photorealistic yeah. because why you make a live action.
3: Amen. Why why do
2: um Tin? Tintin <laughs> why why do that when you just make a
3: movie? Yeah. Let's
2: make a movie they, they once already, again.
0: Robert Zemeckis, damn you! <laughs> they
3: already invented the camera. Yeah. So don't try to draw a photograph. Draw, a, make a painting. Do a do a animated oil painting. For crying out
1: loud, I would love to see. What that. Was it like yeah. kind of like a which actually, gooeya, wasn't it?
3: Uh, sort of. It, that was watercolor. Well, but Tangled that. initially was going to start up being more uh, oil painting. Yeah. They what
2: they did is. Um, Glen Keane who's a classic Disney animator. Um, yeah, great. Uh, lead animator on, on The Beast. He's great, he's good. Um, I, I mean, there's a million things that he was like <laughs> the guy on. Um, kind of bridging the gap between the nine old men and like the, the new generation of animators. But he, they took I think Snow White's um, cottage and put it through the computer and it made it look just like it was in the cartoon. But then they like moved the camera around. And, oh, oh, this is actually. 3D, this is a computer um, uh, generated image, this isn't you know, 2D animation, proving that they could combine the best of both worlds like that. There's something else um, I was, um, I again, love Brad Bird, and there are things that he's said about animation that I think are important Uh, He says, there's a contingent of the digital effects community to whom that is the holy grail, to create uh, photographically real humans. To me, that is the dumbest goal you could possibly (laughs) have. What's wonderful about the medium of animation isn't recreating reality, it's distilling it. So we have things that are fantastic, things that are unbelievable, moving in believable ways, the illusion of life. He said people think of animation only doing things where people are dancing around and doing a lot of histrionics. But animation is not a genre. And people keep saying the animation genre, it's not a genre. A Western is a genre. Animation is an art form. And it can do any genre. You know, it can be a, do a detective film, a cowboy film, a horror film, an R-rated film, or a kid's fairy tale. But it doesn't do one thing. And the next time I hear, what's it like working in the animation genre, I'm gonna punch that person. <laughs> That's from the audio commentary on the DVD for the <laughs> to, and, oh, I love Brad. Uh, I just want to like tell me, tell me about life and, and what we can do with uh, cartoons. I wrote a paper in college because they were talking about adapting Ender's Game, uh, the novel, to a film, and I think that my my whole point in this paper was that it could work better as an animated series. Yeah. You see how well the characters were developed in, in Avatar: The Last Airbender, which was reviewed very well. YouTube channel, as a matter of fact, if you haven't seen that yet.
3: All I know is the reviewer is handsome. He's a
2: dashing fellow.
3: (laughs) Well, I
0: kind of like the guest star that you had, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So,
2: um, I think that with how well TV is doing, um, we have a lot of great shows, a lot of great characters that you have time to learn, to love, and develop. Why not use animation and explore your potential? you know
1: that's that's kind of one of the things where like you guys I mean the the trope on our on our only our second episode of the podcast has become that I'm the guy that always brings up anime and I'm gonna bring up anime and that's one of the things I love about it is the fact that you hardly ever have you know uh like really short series you usually have about 24 or 26 episodes and it really does make those kind of dramatic endings, as, as over the top as they may be, they, they really do have a sense of emotion to them. Because you've had you know 26 episodes to become enamored with these characters that you've, you've yeah. put up with pretty much.
3: You know, going back to the, the Brad Bird quote there, um, one of the things that I would love to see more of, especially coming from American animation, is a greater diversity in genre. Yes. Because uh, just like uh, Brad Bird says, you know, animation is not a genre. I've had this argument actually with people who talk about the anime genre. Anime is not a genre. Anime, is it's a medium. It's influenced by a particular culture. Um, American animation tends to focus right now on a couple of different genres. You've got the romantic musical. You've got the adult comedies. So you've got, it, it's pretty much either uh, The Simpsons or it's like Arthur on PBS. <laughs> <laughs> Or it's Tangled. Like, those are the genres that we've got. And that's just, we're limiting ourselves so much. I would watch a, an animated Western. I, did
1: you I see would, Rango? I did see Rango, okay. in fact. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I have I still, seen an animated I still Western. I was like, There's an example of an animated Western. I would actually love to see, like, an, an animated, you know, uh, like, caper. Almost, you know, kind of something yeah. really serious. Ocean's Eleven? But, but dude, in space, like, but in sp- <laughs> like, almost like um. No, to even keep it a little bit more grounded than that, do like now you see me, but with animation, and you can have more extravagant, uh, you know, magic acts. That they I want to hear from someone thing. who's out there who's like, there was a movie released like that, you idiots. Here's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what I want to see. Hamlet animated with lions. <laughs> I, I love. You can
0: movies. go ahead and email us. Su- email us at reviewers at reviewsversuswebsite.com if you think that you do have. That show that we're not thinking of because we don't know obscure things. You can
2: combine um, sneakers or uh, (laughs) uh, Ocean's Eleven. With animation. Uh, I love the heist movie, and if there's an animated heist out there, I'd love to know about it. Because dang if that doesn't combine my two favorite things. Also,
1: also if, uh, if we've sparked a bit of genius in you, we'll be expecting our royalty checks at royalties at reviews versus the world. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is not a real email address. Please <laughs> don't. <laughs> Steven, Steven
2: already took my novel idea, which was Ocean's Eleven in Space. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, look at that Cowboy Bebop.
1: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> at
2: times. Cowboy Bebop, I, I'm sorry. I, I know that I need, still need to see it because it's another one of those. Oh, an example of anime. But it always—it sounds like one of the uh, musical settings on a Casio keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> from
1: bossa nova now to cowboy bebop. I don't know well, what it sound like, but it's, like, yeah. Brady, how about yourself? What do you want to see from uh, animation in the future? Well, I, I do want to see a little
0: bit more acceptance in the mainstream. You know, the, the the thing is, people when they find out that you watch cartoons, they they react in one of two ways. They go, "Me too," or they go, "Ugh." I thought that you're not ten anymore, but I guess that you are, (laughs) and, you know, there's just this, there's just a little bit of a stigma towards animation, and towards liking animation. Now, in general, nerd culture is taking over the world, and slowly but surely, we're getting people to say, hey, you know what, comic book movies are okay, in fact, they're great, but the next step needs to be animation, that it's not just for kids. Or it's not just for, you know, family guy fart jokes. But that there's so much more to it. And you can have something in animation and absolutely love it. And it can be your favorite movie of the year. And there's nothing wrong with that.
1: One of uh, one of my favorite examples kind of of, of animation, talking about uh, comic book heroes, was the, the Young Justice TV show. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, and as much as it was kind of geared towards a teen crowd, it did have, you know, kind of certain dark moments or just certain things that were maybe leaning a little bit more towards the adult side, there was there was a couple of episodes where they all wake up just in the middle of the desert and there's radio silence and none of them can get in touch with each other. And so they're trying to figure out what their mission is, why they're there and where everybody is. But they've also all lost like the last month's worth of memory. So as they meet each other, they're not hundred percent sure that they're friends or ally. And it's kind of it's kind of something where you don't typically see that, you know, in an episode of Teletubbies. Or Arthur, you know, I, I don't remember that episode of Arthur where he,
0: Obviously you haven't watched enough Teletubbies, that's... Oh, that's I, I totally is.
1: missed out on the Black Ops episode where, where <laughs> Tinky Winky forgot his identity, oh my gosh. Um, but we describe it in its, you know, its most basic sense, which is that you have, a, you have a team in a Black Ops mission in the middle of the desert who's forgotten their memory. You could make a film out of that, I, I think. Mm-hmm. And they did that with a TV show about teenage superheroes, I mean... That's kind of the idea. Why why can't we have that you know as a full, full length you know film? I mean, if we did that with actors, if we had Keanu Reeves and I don't know somebody else, I keep talking about Chris, Keanu Reeves today, um, <laughs> but that's because I saw John John Wick. Um, uh. if you, you could have a, a film with that exact same premise, and it, I imagine it would sell fairly well, but it's something that you don't you know typically see. It's it's just I think tough
2: to get a full length animated film that's not. Towards children, because people people will watch Up, but who, yeah. I mean everyone saw Up. But how did you get into Up? Well, I went with my kids. It turns out I loved the first part more than anything. I didn't see
3: Wally. Well, I took my kids. Well, and- I have gone to uh, animated films in the theater by myself. And it feels creepy. I did that. I did that, I did that with Wreck It Ralph, and I was just like, oh. Uh, no. I actually did it with the Box Trolls and with Frozen. I was yeah. the only single guy sitting in the back by himself watching Frozen, and that was.
1: And somebody just went, like, oh, that's funny. But I was also so. the only person
3: who watched the credits and caught all the little jokes that were in there. Yeah.
2: Well, that's. I went to go see Toy Story three at nine o'clock at night. Full of kids. I was like, No! I came at nine o'clock at night so I could watch this movie as a dang grown up. Without you, kids kicking you the You seat gotta do it on Sunday. Just when everyone's just to in church, yes.
3: Because <laughs> everyone goes to church at nine o'clock at night. Well, not.
1: Um, they're not even open. We're in Utah. Um. <laughs> all right. Cool. So you know. So that's kind of a kind of breathe. Not not. That was like 20 minutes of us talking about (laughs) the future of animation. What do we want to see from it, yes? 21st minute.
3: Bring back Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, I would watch Recess.
2: I would watch Animaniacs. I would watch Hysteria, which came out after... That's funny. funny, right? Oh my oh, gosh, I forgot
1: about that. <laughs> I show. feel like that's a whole other conversation because then you go into the necessity how well, how much you want to see. Well, yeah, we've
3: seen the rise of the animated feature film, and that's great. <laughs> I want to see Saturday morning cartoons again. Darn
1: it! Yeah, but is it really necessary? Yeah, really. In this play? in this
0: day and age, though, Saturday morning cartoons are
1: called Netflix. Ah, fair enough. Saturday morning Netflix. Fair enough. Saturday morning Crunchyroll. <laughs> <laughs> Everyday Crunchyroll for Aldo. Um, Alright, so that has been our episode 2 podcast as Brady attempts to do the cup song from from that movie.
0: I'm not very good <laughs> yet. Don't judge me. <laughs> when you learn
1: how
2: to use that cup,
1: we'll give you more. <laughs> Alright, so this uh, is episode 2 of uh, Reviews vs. the World podcast or Reviews vs. the Podcast in which we went versus on animation. And we hope to see you guys back. Next time, on our future episode, um, of whatever subject it's going to be, keep an eye out on the YouTube channel, and we'll be back after a short break to let you know what's coming up on the rest of the month, so we'll let you know what to keep your eyes out on. So we'll be right back in a moment. Thank you for joining us today. Hey why are you so evil? Um, <laughs> all right. Sweet. You know,
2: I thought Friends was only playing in my house this whole month. That's pl- my sister's... That's no, so good.
1: It's everywhere in my house. I hate it. <laughs> the only thing good about that is uh, Joey. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and hand you guys for record. So go ahead whenever you're ready. Let's give like a moment of silence. Okay, go. We're back. Yay! Woo! Or wait, no, you're. Measuring
0: your levels or something? Oh,
1: what's do you want? Me, do you want? Oh, uh, sorry. Let me introduce that since I'm the moderator. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Take control of the podcast. <laughs> 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 All right. <clears throat> Welcome back to uh, Reviews Versus the World podcast. Yes. <laughs> this is the section in which uh, we let you know what's coming out. Uh, you know, theaters, uh, video games, and maybe comics at some point in the future. Um, but for today, we're just going to do movies and video games. We're going to let you know what's, uh, what's going to be coming out this month, what you should be excited for, what you definitely should not be excited for. Um, So, Brady, what are you going to take it away?
0: All right, let's go ahead and let's talk about games this month. We actually have some pretty big ones coming out. Um, the first one I want to talk about is Evolve. Oh, I was watching... <laughs>
2: I was watching... All of, um, shoot, now I just forgot what I was watching. Nope, remembered. It was Robot Chicken Star Wars. No. <laughs> okay. We wrote down everything my little sister said while we watched Empire Strikes Strikes Back because she's hilarious and had never seen it before. So she was like, wait, why does Vader, is Vader mad that he blew up a spaceship? That's why he's chasing him." Okay, all right. But every commercial during the YouTube breaks was evolved. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, It looks cool, and I'm not a gamer, but oh my
0: gosh, there were monsters and cthulhu guys. And it was really cool. Yeah, Yeah. well, the the really cool thing about this one is it's a multiplayer-only game, and it's asymmetric multiplayer, which means that you have four people against one. So you have one person who's playing the giant monster, and then you have four people trying to hunt him down. So it's basically like the Wii U
2: game. Yeah, except for (laughs) with
0: a giant monster. Awesome. With a giant Cthulhu monster, and it actually looks really good. Um, This had been delayed a couple of times, which to me is actually always a good sign, because it means that they want to polish it up. So, awesome there. A couple of other things. Well, the the new 3DS XL is coming out this month on February 13th. Woo! So, new 3DS, um, it's basically just like the regular 3DS XL, except for it has a few new features, a little bit of extra RAM, which helps to load things more quickly. It has a little nub for the right stick, so it helps you to control your camera a little bit better. And the most important thing to me is that Xenoblade is coming exclusively to the new version of the 3DS XL, which means that, yes, now I have to buy it. I absolutely love that game. But accompanying that release is... The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D. I'm so excited for that. I, I, I might actually have to spend 40 bucks on a video game again. I love Majora's Mask. It's top three Zeldas for me, which is for me is saying a lot. But I absolutely love that. You and... play
2: video games like a younger man.
0: <laughs> Nothing held back.
2: Admirable, but mistaken. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Bane. And moving on, also on the 3DS, we have Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, uh, which, if you are into the Monster Hunter games, this one is supposed to be the best one yet. And on the Wii U, we have Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, which, if you played Kirby the Canvas Curse on the DS, this is the sequel to that, and that looks pretty exciting. As well as The Order 1886, which is a game exclusive to the PlayStation 4, which has the coolest, Victorian, steampunky setting, and it's a third-person shooter, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, And other than that, those are pretty much all of the big video game releases this month.
2: So moving on to movies,
1: yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes, tell me about these
2: movies, Valentine's Day. Your plans to see Fifty Shades of Grey? (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Take control of your multiplex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god!
1: (laughs) Don't see Fifty Shades of Grey. You're killing me here, man. (laughs) It's all
2: about darkness (laughs) and badness we'll see The Kingsman. <laughs> In all seriousness, folks. Don't waste money on crappy movies. <laughs> Not a whole lot coming out right now. Um, on February 13th, of course, Fifty Shades of Grey comes out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Kingsman, the Secret Service, which Steve informs us, is a comic book property.
3: And that is literally all I know about it. Fantastic.
0: So, a, a little bit more about that. It's A comic book movie, yes, but it's spy, but very, very, very R-rated. That is a very hard R, so if you are a little bit squeamish, you might not want to see it.
2: And as far as other things in in geek culture, there's not a whole lot this month, so stay tuned for more next month.
3: Guys, we do have to give a shout-out to Spider-Gwen.
2: Yeah. The
1: Spider-Gwen, the, the spin-off that happened from Spider-Verse. It's an alternate universe in which Peter Parker died because he became the croc. Um, was it the alligator? Or was it the lizard? The lizard? I don't know anymore. Spider-Gwen, Spider-Gwen but, um, yeah, but... doing
0: anything. Spider-Gwen.
3: So yeah. what Spider-Gwen does, <laughs> other than rock one of the best
1: costumes in comics, really now, not great Minus costume. her loafers.
3: I don't love the loafers. Oh, I didn't know they were loafers. Terrible. They're like neon blue and hilarious. But she's also like in a punk rock band and-
1: Called the Mary Janes. Called the Mary Janes. And I
3: believe Mary Jane is is a member of the band. She's the the lead singer. Yeah, yeah. she's the lead singer and Gwen is the drummer. Yes. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that they took this sort of Fringe concept, that might have been a little weird, but they're turning it into a fully-fledged thing, and it's solely based on the strength of that costume, I think. It's,
1: it's, well, it's also, I mean, if you if you read the, spider, uh, the Spider-Verse the issue, it's actually just a, pr- it's a really good setup in that, you know, her father's the, the police officer, so she has to keep this hidden, and she's in the, it, it, it has that Spider-Man formula, in which she has a lot going on in her life, and she doesn't always know how to handle all of it. And you we have, have to
3: never... Ever seen a superhero story about a female superhero who has to hide her hidden identity from her police officer father, Farther. Farther. Oh, from her police officer father, Barbara Gordon.
1: Oh my gosh, I hope the Green Goblin doesn't, you know, shoot her in the spine. That'd be horrible.
0: Oh jeez. Oh Actually, although that would be horrible, usually getting your spine shot is a bad thing. <laughs>
1: Take control of your property. <laughs> <laughs> also, another shout out. Um, just we're just doing. I think there's a couple. them. Um, the Darth Vader issue one uh, mini series from Marvel Comics is also coming out. Uh, Written by Kieran
3: Gillen, or however you pronounce that.
1: Yeah, K.G. Really? Um, good. Yeah. So it's gonna be coming out. Uh, check it out if you if you picked up Sp- uh, Star Wars number one that came out last month. Uh, this is also gonna be tying into it a little bit. Um, as far as I know I don't really care much for (laughs) (laughs) spin-offs except for the rebel heist that was excellent anyways that's neither here nor there Um, join us again once again join us next month uh, for our next podcast in which we will all get together and just ramble on too much about everything and nothing at all